It's time for episode 106 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, September 30th, 2015. Clockwise, four people, four technology topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where if you're lost, you can look and you'll find us time after time. I'm your co-host, Dan Moore, and I'm joined as ever, by my co-host across this vast country of ours, Mr. Jason Snell. Hi, Jason. I will be waiting. <laughs> time after time. time, after time. <laughs> Good. Thank you. I appreciate that. Someone needed to bring the Cindy Lopper. You brought Cindy Lopper, right? I did. <laughs> okay. She's right Good. here, but she doesn't She's want to be on our this stupid podcast. <laughs> You know who does want to be on this stupid podcast? Our two guests to my left. Uh, it's writer and photographer extraordinaire and the man behind jeffcarlson.com. Jeff Carlson. Hi, Jeff. Good morning. Fabulous transition. Thank you. Thank that's you. good. That's the, that's the most seamless plug ever. Well, to my left <laughs> is Georgia Dow, who you may know from the Isometric podcast on this very Relay FM. You may know her from her work at iMore, and uh, you may not know her from anxiety-videos.com, but I assure you that is a project that she does. Hi, Georgia. Hi. Thank you for singing. I love the serenade. That was great. All right, Dan, explain what we're doing now. <laughs> what are we doing now? Well, as ever, we're going to discuss four technology topics in just 30 minutes. And as I am today's designated co-host, I shall go first. Uh, I read the other day that Netflix is teaming up with Virgin America, a airline that I frequently fly, to offer faster Wi-Fi on its flights using a new satellite technology. Um, and they uh, you know, are promoting this basically by letting you watch Netflix online. Um, that's great. Uh, I use the Wi-Fi on those planes quite a bit when I travel, and I do like to get work done when I'm playing, because otherwise that time sometimes feels useless. However, I think there's also the flip side of, like, uh, now is it impossible to sort of get away from the internet? That used to be one of sort of the last refuges. Oh, I'm on a plane. I can't deal with stuff. Now people just expect you to be, like, working on your plane and all the time. Is there is there any place left that you can unplug? Do you welcome this development, or are you just, like, kind of bummed now that you can't really get away from it all? Jeff? I... Boy, that's a really good question. Um, I, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm I'm sort of ambivalent because you know you've always been able to to, to get away. Um, you know whether you go to the tree, the the, the woods, the, go to the trees, go to the forest. Um, <laughs> yeah, you get out a lot, huh, Jeff? <laughs> whether you lose yourself in the in 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 the trees, um, you know. But at the same time, like I've gone camping and and seen you know a family propped up in front of a big screen laptop watching a video. So. Um, awesome. You know, I think it's it's interesting that that they're doing fast Wi-Fi, and um, I didn't check the detail as to whether or not like are they are, are they caching stuff on the plane, or do you actually get fast enough Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi beamed up to the plane to make it you know really watchable? I think it's fast enough. Okay. Um, because, you know, I, I can totally see, especially if you're a frequent traveler and you haven't, you know, uh, put a bunch of stuff on your iPad or whatever, being able to just access your, your Netflix queue, um, would be great. But, um, you know, it's, it's really up to you to, to turn it off if you really want to, if you can. 
I think part of this is just about self-control. One of the things I still feel like a flight can be a refuge for me and um, that it's in my hands to decide whether I want to buy Wi-Fi on that flight or not. Also, pro tip, buy it before you get on the flight. Don't buy oh, yeah. it on the flight um, yeah. because they will charge you a lot more. Um, and so I, a lot of times I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to listen to some uh, mu- some music. I'm going to watch some movies. I'm going to read a book and I'm not going to be on the Wi-Fi for this leg. And maybe coming back, I've got some work I need to do and I'll be on the Wi-Fi. So I feel like it can be a refuge. Um, if and, and really any place can be if you exert some self-control unless you've got like a mean boss who demands that you be connected all the time yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't That's know who, the that, who that would be uh, so so um, I don't have that anymore anyway uh, I there are places you can go I mean like you go up to the mountains or, or someplace where there's no cell signal and sometimes you get that kind of free feeling too of like oh good there's no there's no signal out here that's good because honestly and this has happened to me there's nothing worse than hiking through like the forest and you get a phone call on your cell phone because <laughs> you've got LTE out in the forest because you happen to be line of sight to a, a transmitter somewhere. That is the worst because that is the world intruding on you. But I feel like so much of it is just self-control saying I'm not going to be on the internet right now or I'm not going to check my email right now. I I feel exactly the same as everyone else does. I appreciate the fact that I can have the choice on a flight if I need to get something done that I can. We unfortunately, unfortunately live interconnected lives and this can help us get something done that we will need to. So I appreciate that we have it. That being said, my phone doesn't buzz, beep or ring. And so whenever I'm doing something, it's not going to interrupt me unless I choose to allow it by actually taking a look at it. So most of the day I try to stay unconnected if I'm, you know, having dinner with people, my phone isn't going to interrupt me because it's not going to make any noise and I'm not going to take it out of my purse. I'm actually going to spend the time with the people that are around me. It's a shocking revelation. And so I think that people need to know that, you know, being always connected does cause a certain amount of stress to your day and you don't want to be a slave to your phone. Our technology is supposed to make our lives better, not us make our bosses' lives better. I think those are insightful points all around. In fact, I'll actually mention there was a good article in uh, New York Times, I believe this past weekend by Sherry Turkle, who's a researcher at MIT, I think, um, about the sort of effects on, you know, personal relationships and stuff of always being connected, which is a really good read. Maybe we'll put a link to that in the show notes if we can. Um, And yeah, I I like the idea of having faster internet because I I definitely have run into that problem where I don't load enough content and I'm like, well, you know, I, I didn't bring enough stuff to occupy myself. So, I mean, granted, we're in the plane. There's like satellite tv and stuff how could i be bored um but yeah it it is nice to have the option but i also agree that it's nice to be able to unplug and sort of get some other work done or read a book or something like that so um yeah self-control i guess is the order of the day uh thank you all for your thoughts on that topic number two comes from mr jeff carlson Okay, so this week, uh, Tim Cook was a featured guest at the BoxWorks conference, um, and he said that enterprise computing is a $25 billion business for Apple. Uh, He cited Microsoft and IBM as partners, and uh, that companies don't want iWork, they want Microsoft Office that works better than on their own devices, on on Windows and such. also, the iWork apps were notably not updated to take advantage of the new features in iOS 9, like split-screen multitasking. Is this the end of iWork? Now that Office is capable um, and it, you know the, the subscription is available for the Macs, um, has Apple just lost interest? Yep, it's over. 
pack it in. Okay, thanks. I question Apple's commitment to a lot of their apps. Uh, and, and maybe that's okay. Maybe Apple writes the apps because it wants to set a tone. It's certainly the iWork apps for iPad, especially. It was trying to set a, a set a tone, send a message about the iPad. And when you've got Microsoft Office on the iPad, maybe iWork and Pages are less important. I mean, definitely they're less important. Um, and yeah, it looks like Apple... First off, Apple, it doesn't seem to be com- committing as many resources to those apps as it maybe did at the beginning. And then there, there's just the overarching question of, of of should it going forward or are there better places for it to spend its time? If there, if there are a bunch of third-party app alternatives, does Apple need to be using its resources to build first-party-ish because you still have to – well, you get them with d- new devices. So yeah, first-party apps – um, to compete with the third-party apps just to create a baseline. I I don't know. Um, I'd be okay if the iWork apps went away. I don't use them. I know some people rely on them and would be very sad if they went away. But the, the there are so many compelling third-party apps at this point, especially the ones from Google and Microsoft, that other than Apple wanting to always have their own uh, apps as a bulwark against Microsoft and Google abandoning their platform, which I think is unlikely to happen anytime soon. Um, I don't see a reason for Apple to invest in them. Unfortunately, the apps exist and people rely on them. And so you end up in this weird limbo state where Apple doesn't really feel there's a need to do work on them, but the people who use them want, you know, don't, don't either, either shut them down or actually do work on them. Don't leave them in a limbo state. And unfortunately, I do think that's where we are is in this limbo where they are going to get updates, but not be a focus. And they're just going to kind of slowly not be interesting. I I think that Apple is, Apple's mainly a hardware company and that's where they make, you know, tons and tons of money in it. And so they no longer need to compete um, doing dealing with iWorks versus, um, you know, Word. Most companies use Word. I use Word even though I have every single Apple product under existence. But it's what I was taught on. It's what I'm comfortable with. And because most of the people that I correspond with use Word, it makes everything really simple. Once people are used to using a product, whatever they've been taught with, then you want to kind of keep to that. That's where we feel comfortable. That's where we feel relaxed. And it makes everything really easy. So I don't think that Apple needs to really update all of their applications. I think that they're going to keep on updating them slowly, just as Jason had said, because people use them and Apple does not want to be beholden to Microsoft or to any other company. But I think that they will only really spend focus to there if there is a necessary need. And because they make so much money without needing to, they can end up getting best of both worlds. Now they can be in a partnership agreement. They can end up having, uh, you know, Microsoft applications and then everyone is happy. Yeah, I actually, as one of those people who uses all of the Apple products uh, or those, uh, you know, specific iWork suite, uh, I was a little surprised when when I read Jeff's thing pointing out that it, it didn't get the split screen support. Went and tried it, of course. Yep, totally didn't. So surprising. I but at the same time, I think you're right. The iWork play was always a strategic one for Apple, um, and. I think it made sense in a time when they didn't, you know, were more worried about not having support from things like Microsoft Word. Personally, I don't really want to switch to Office because the investment I've made in the Apple suite serves me perfectly well for what I need to do. And I don't end up needing to communicate that much. And I think there are some arguments that some of the apps are better. I mean, you know, a lot of people aren't going to choose numbers over Excel, but I know a lot of people prefer Keynote over PowerPoint. That's for sure. 
So uh, I'm a little surprised to see them. I, I don't think they would just abandon them wholesale, as we're saying. I, I think they would probably, uh, as I believe Jason suggested, continue to update them, but it may not be at quite the same pace. Uh, it's a little weird, too. It's a little like weird cul-de-sac because they did spend so much time trying to like standardize them across the Mac and iOS and make a web version and try to make collaborative versions and you know never did a great job there, especially compared to things like Google Docs and even now uh, Microsoft Office, which seems to offer a lot better collaboration. So I hope that they don't die, but at the same time, I would not be shocked at all if they were recipients of a little bit less of Apple's attention since they don't seem like they're as key to the success of this as a uh, to Apple's ecosystem as a corporate product as they used to be. Yeah, I think we are all on the same pages. Um, <laughs> See what you did there. Um, you know, that that having a, a viable um, alternative to Microsoft Office was very, very important. But um, I think iWork is just going to become the, the consumer-friendly, here's how to make um, you know, newsletters and things like that. Uh, alternative and let Microsoft, you know, push on the the more advanced features because that's that's really where where the market is. Um I think that that the ability to interchange files between people, especially in enterprise, but even, you know, for for um lots of, you know, other people who are just doing uh, smaller tasks is really important and Pages was always a little off with that like you always had to export it to Microsoft Word format and um, so I also believe that that they're going to keep them it's not going to be the end but they're not going to be innovating Um, although I really really hope that they uh, continue to put resources into Keynote because Keynote is just so much so much better Um, and you know maybe the developers can go to iTunes instead that's great we're we're two topics in we've got two more to go it's halftime now Uh, normally we have a halftime sponsor but this week we don't so I'm just going to say this week's episode of Clockwise is brought to you by the Incomparable Radio Theater which is a really fun podcast that uh, all of us over at the Incomparable are doing this week's episode Georgia is in it along with a lot of other Canadians many of them you'll recognize from iMore and other podcasts uh, around the internet Jeff isn't in it uh, but maybe will be at some point Uh, (laughs) Um, And uh, Dan hasn't been in it yet, but we'll be in it uh, next week. He's got a really fun part next week. It's like a humorous uh, audio play thing. It's very different from the kind of podcast you're probably used to listening to. Check it out, theincomparable.com slash radio. Uh, We're releasing new episodes every week. They're about 20 minutes long uh, for the next uh, 10 weeks or so. So check it out. And that's it. Halftime's over. It was short. I hope everybody caught their breath. It's time for the next topic. Yesterday, as we record this, Tuesday, Google announced a whole bunch of stuff. There's the new Chromebook Pixel C, which is a tablet that's got a sort of magnetic attaching keyboard and it runs Android rather than Chrome OS. There are new Nexus phones, two models. There's a new Chromecast. Um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm just interested. We spent a lot of time talking about Apple here because a lot of us come up from a background of covering Apple. And I occasionally hear from people who say, why don't you talk about things other than Apple? And uh, so we're going to talk about Google a little bit. This may anger them even further. I don't know. But I'm interested. What uh, jumped out? Uh, any Anything interest you in the the batch of things that Google announced yesterday, Georgia? So I, you know, every time I more and more as we watch all of the new announcements for technology, I get a little more saddened how all the tech is resembling the rest of the tech that's out there. <laughs> so I'm I'm feeling like the ecosphere is getting a little bit closer. We're re- reaching an apex <laughs> until things hopefully will expand and we'll have products that are going to be shockingly new. 
But I like the fact that the Nexus phones had um, the fingerprint scanner on the back. I thought that that was a really interesting idea. I, you know, like the fact that it's kind of exactly where your finger would already be holding your phone, so it saves you from one movement. It also allows you to unlock your phone without using your secondary hand, which I thought was kind of cool. And so I liked that. And what I was really interested in, though, was the Pixel C. Now, the reason that I thought it was really cool is I love the fact that it has the keyboard attachment that attaches magnetically, and it's very seamless in that you can then fold it over by using it so that it's also protected as the outer shell, the same keyboard that you have before. And you can then, it has the lever on the back of the magnetic holder so that you can put the top of the tablet up at any angle of which you want to view it from. And so the coolest part for me of tablets is that I think that they push technology a little bit faster by making things have to be really thin because the reason that people would use um, you know, a tablet versus using a laptop is that it would be thinner, it's more manageable, it's easier to bring around. And so I think that it pushes technology a little bit faster than a regular thought on a laptop will be. And so now we're kind of bridging the gap in between you know, what is a laptop versus, you know, what is a tablet? And they're kind of becoming very close to one. And I think that the Pixel C makes that perfect gap in between both of them. And I'll say it, I think that the keyboard is nicer in look. And I like the way that it's magnetized better than I do with the iPad Pro. Yeah, I um, I agree with Georgia that everything starts to look a bit samey. Like if you if you put a like surface next to a Pixel C next to an iPad Pro, you can like blind taste test, which is which. Um, I don't know. I looked a little bit at the phone stuff. I've never been. Yeah, they do. <laughs> it's true. Um, I looked a little bit at some of the stuff that they announced. The phones. I mean, as not a non Android user. The phones did not do much for me. The Pixel C looked vaguely interesting, but uh, I feel like the Surface and the iPad Pro are, are very similar, so it didn't seem like... I, that That aspect that Georgia described of the more flexibility seemed really cool. Um, it would be interesting to see Apple do like something that, like that on the Pro. I thought the thing that I was actually most interested in was a fairly small announcement comparatively, uh, the Chromecast Audio, which is basically like a little Wi-Fi streaming dongle that you can plug into a set of speakers and then just sort of cast directly to it. Um, so it's kind of like an AirPlay dongle, um, but it lets you adapt any existing um, set of speakers to be used as kind of almost AirPlay speakers. And, and the reason I find that kind of cool is that it seems like a very Google product to me because Apple's always about like, oh, yeah, we're going to make brand new speaker. You know, we're going to make a brand new system. It's going to use our system. That's all it's going to use. Uh, there's no way to get like backwards compatibility or whatever. And I think there are maybe a couple of smaller AirPlay dongles, but I found AirPlay really, really unreliable. I'm not sure this will be any better, but at 35 bucks, I figured, well, I'll give it a shot. Uh, and ironically, I may plug it into the AirPlay speaker I have that is sitting dormant on my desk here because it's terrible. <laughs> so I, I thought that was a clever little thing. The new Chromecast also looks interesting i did not replace it because i already have every single tv device known to man um although i left my old chromecast in a hotel room so maybe maybe it's worth investigating well um i am also on the same uh same thoughts here um the the chromecast audio is a thing that stands out for me uh, right now i have a, an airport express space station that's um hooked up to a sonos uh, because sonos doesn't do airplay um although uh, there's supposed to be adding uh, Apple Music support at some point later this year. Um, and so, you know, like, 
it seems like it, there are so many little hacky ways to get music to play unless you are either uh, you know playing it from your television um, which you know I'm, there's a case to be made for that but I always feel guilty because I'm just you know burning all sorts of electricity for just audio um, I thought that the the pixel C also looks interesting um, I'm still sort of wondering like like how how popular this really is in, in terms of having the the laptop keyboard um, uh, handheld device. Um, living in Seattle, I actually see a lot of Microsoft Surfaces up here. So I think they're they're definitely catching on. Um, and I'm sure it's entirely my Apple bias. It's like, I don't want to have to reach out and touch my laptop screen all the time. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I haven't played with an iPad Pro yet either. I may completely change my mind. So, you know, it, it, it looks like interesting stuff. Um, I, I did see one one note that said that the, the camera... On, on one of the Nexuses um, has like a, a some sort of laser focus, um, and I I couldn't tell by the way it was written whether like there is actually a small laser that helps in focusing <laughs> or if it's just you know um, zooms in with laser focus <laughs> or or if it has like a good focus. Um, yeah, some metaphorical <laughs> laser. <laughs> I think I think if it was a real laser, a real you know shark with a freaking laser, that would be. Awesome. Um, just because focus often seems to be a, a, a difficult thing to do in a small camera, uh, especially you know in lower lighting conditions and such. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, I think a lot of people will go for it, but I think you know, I don't really see a lot of people clamoring for it because oh, it's it's the new Nexus Six. Oh, it's made by Google. You know, it's it's definitely interesting that Google is doing this, and and not. Uh, you know, having other companies entirely sell Android, like like they're they're exerting some control, which they've done for a few years now. Um, that's really interesting because I think they they just have to. I think most interesting to me is the Pixel C, just because um, I think having a uh, seeing the intriguing kind of merger of the concept of the Chromebook with Android. I, I'm intrigued by that. Um, I've got a Chromebook that is a Chromebook Pixel that's that's interesting, and my daughter loves to use it. Um, but uh, you know, the, the apps on Chromebooks are limited because they don't really run apps; they run web apps. And uh, Android's got a lot of apps, so the Pixel C is an interesting development. It's pr- more like an iPad Air two or a Surface than it is like uh, an iPad Pro or a Surface Pro. Um, but I like to see Google playing there, and that can also be influential to other companies in uh, in sort of showing what the possibility are for Android devices that kind of, uh, I'd, I'd like to see Chrome OS and, and Android continue to merge together because I think there's a nice combination to be had there for computers that are, are relatively lightweight but have some apps involved that are not just the web apps. So anyway, thanks for your uh, thoughts about Google things. Uh, we'll move on to our fourth topic. Georgia, what do you have? So our own Tony Stark, Elon Musk, <laughs> has been talking about the manned mission to Mars. But has man or technology gone too far? And would you be up for the trip? It's one way. You know, uh, most days I really feel like I'm just starting to get a handle on this whole Earth thing. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm not really sure I am ready for a one-way trip to Mars. No, I don't think I'm – I think I'm okay leaving that sort of pioneering exploration to someone else. Uh, as much as I do enjoy the works of science fiction and the idea of exploring other planets, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty comfortable being a, an observer 
uh, in that department. Uh, I full credit to all the people who who are interested. I feel like you know there's still a lot of steps before we get there. Um, you know, among other things, uh, I think there's you know they they with this news that there's some water on Mars, as you know we've heard varying pieces about this for the last couple of years, um, not contaminating things and just sort of like hey guys, guess what? We already like kind of ruined our own planet. Let's just just take care of that one while we're at it. Maybe we can just ruin every planet in the solar system. Uh, I'm a little trepidatious about the idea of human exploration because, you know, I I worry about the ultimate implications of that. Um, But at the same time, it does seem like something that, you know, needs to get done. And hopefully we won't repeat all the mistakes that we did when we sort of, you know, spread out through this world. Uh, But, you know, I'm Technology does seem like maybe it's gone a little bit far, but there's always room for it to get worse. Uh, that was about the most <laughs> inspiring speech I could give today. Sorry, I'm a little tired. <laughs> um, wow, now I really don't want to go out at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't go to the tree, Jeff. Okay, 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 stay away from the tree. Um, I, I am... I am thrilled that there are people out there who want to go to Mars. Um, there are lots of people that I would like to send to Mars, but um, <laughs> I, I think that you know the, that 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 sense of of adventure and exploration is is one of the the things that that make humanity great. I mean, the fact that that we want to do something like that, and I am happy that there are individuals who are like what i i can go to mars but it's going to be a one-way trip and i'll die there sure sounds great you know fabulous they encourage those people um and 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 make it happen because um you know like as a as a sort of group shared experience being able to to you know set foot on another planet or you know recapture a lot of that 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 optimism from you know when we went to the moon and all of that uh is is really thrilling um but not me i like i like trees <laughs> there aren't very <laughs> trees on mars <laughs> i uh i have a family so i'm not going to go to mars although if i you know if i didn't have a family you know what i consider it i suppose if the internet is good it's probably really laggy uh, <laughs> or like worse than the the watching the Hulu, it's pretty terrible for, for sure <laughs> First um, podcast but, episode from Mars. But I'll just point out that, you know, for all the focus on like, oh my God, you're saying you're going to, people are going to go to Mars and they're, and they're just going to never come home and they're going to die there. It's like, well, you know, if you stay on Earth, you're going to die too. Uh, the point is that they, not that what? they wouldn't die immediately. Yeah, not I know. Me. So go to the moon where people are immortal. Um, anyway, <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's interesting and I think the technology is going to get to the point where um, spending time, it takes a long time to get there. Spending time there uh, is actually a good idea and you can actually uh, have fewer resources involved if you. You don't immediately need to fly them back as long as you can keep them alive for an extended period of time on the surface. So, you know, maybe that's a 21st century task that uh, I think maybe humanity's up to. <laughs> my my thoughts on it is that, you know, we I, I love the fact that we're doing it. I think that it's great to deal with exploration, but we do have this perfectly good planet that we could work on salvaging so well, that we don't have to go perfectly to Perfectly good. Planet. Perfectly good. It really yeah. have an atmosphere. It was. Yeah. It's not mint in box or anything. No. We, yeah, it's a little we don't need to nuke worn. any polar ice here. Mm, that's true. Ours is melting all on its own. <laughs> we've we've made made plans to that. I, I love the fact though that, you know, being able to man a mission to Mars and be able to terraform and do everything else, hopefully we'll use that technology back here and so it will push it. 
I think that the coolest part about thinking about space exploration is that it gets people interested in what are the possibilities and thinking outside of the box. So hopefully we'll do it first, though, to salvage our planet so that we don't need to go to one where there are no trees. All right. Well done. Uh, so many trees in this episode. Dan, uh, we've got just time for a bonus topic. What do you have for us? Well, uh, so my question for you guys was, how do you like to get around this planet of ours? Uh, are you a car person, bike, foot, public transit, uh, spaceship, one-way mission to Mars, or do you not like to leave the house at all? Jeff? Um, I like to get around. Um, I actually like driving. I don't do it very much because my wife uh, takes the car to work. Um and so, otherwise, uh, I, I mostly take public transit uh, if I'm if I'm going around. But um, I would say, you know, either like like long drives, I I, I like. Um, I also like to bike. I like to walk in my neighborhood, uh, so that would be my number one. And uh, when I was a commuter, I took public transit most of the time. Um, I can't say that I like driving. In fact, I prefer to not drive. But you know, sometimes you gotta drive, so you get in the car and do it. But if I had to t- say one thing, like I, I, uh, if I need something at the store, I try to walk to the store that's by our house and not hop in the car and go to the bigger supermarket that is further away. I don't like to. Do, I don't like to walk and or run, hop, skip, or jump. <laughs> um, I like to do martial arts, so I do do physical fitness. But I have an electric scooter, um, which is so much fun. To, to travel around with. It's it's kind of the mid-ground between, you know, bike riding but not actually having to move anything while you go through <laughs> it. But it's, just, it's just so cool as you kind of zip around. It's electric. It's a lot of fun to get to use. Um, my kids also have their own now, and so we're like a little tiny electric scooter <laughs> gang. Uh, I, I actually do, like Jeff, I, I like to drive my Volkswagen, which is killing the environment much faster. Uh, and... Yeah, no, mine's not diesel, though, so it's just killing the same amount it was before, probably. Uh, I, I, I also like walking around my neighborhood when I when I can, and when it's not pouring rain out like it is today. But uh, I took a bike ride around some of the uh, national monuments when I was down in Washington, D.C. the other week, and I've been thinking about uh, trying to get a bike again. I haven't had one, a working one, in like 10, 15 years. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of thinking, leaning that way. But thank you all for your uh, thoughts on that subject. That's that's all we have time for today. It remains only to thank our guests Mr. Jeff Carlson, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And Georgia Dow, thanks for coming back on. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Dan, that's it. Until next week, uh, we re- we have time only to remind you all, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. See you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>